You are listening to a life-impacting message preached by Bishop Richard Ayi. Bishop Richard Ayi is the pastor of the First Love Church London, a denomination founded by Bishop Dag Heward Mills. The First Love Church is full of zealous young people who love and desire to work for the Lord. You will be encouraged and uplifted as you listen to this powerful message. going to see the king soon and very soon we are going to see the king soon and very soon we are going to see the king hallelujah hallelujah we are going to see the king soon and very soon we are going to see the king soon and very soon we are going to see the king soon and very soon we are going to see the king hallelujah hallelujah we are going to see the king there's no more crying there we are going to see the king oh there's no more crying there we are going to see the king no more crying there, we are going to see the King. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we are going to see the King. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. No more dying there, we are going to see the King. No more dying there, we are going to see the King. No more time there. We are going to see the King. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We are going to see the King. Oh, hallelujah. Should there be any rivers we must cross? Should there be any mountains we must climb? God will supply all the strength that we need. Give us grace to see us to the other side. We come from every nation and God knows us by name. Jesus shed his blood, yet he washed our sins away. And though there are some of us who have laid down their lives, Shall live again on the other side. Oh, so soon, soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we are going to see the king. Oh, hallelujah, ooh, yeah. oh, hallelujah, oh, 
closer to me. I want to heal you. I want to touch you. All those doubts and all those fears that you've had down through the years. I want to heal you. Taste the Lord. To me, come closer to me. I want to heal you, I want to touch you. All those doubts and all those fears that you've had down through the years, I want to heal you. Say, hello. inside you hope nobody can see through your disguise still you wish somebody knew what was really hurting you you still want someone to be there for you to be there for you today you will hear him say to me, I want to heal you, I want to touch you, all those doubts and all those fears that you've had down through the years, I want to heal you, say it's the Lord, well I wanted you to know, that's a place that you can go, a place not very far, so far from here. For every life that's torn apart, for every broken heart, and everybody else, no need to fear. For your healing is here today. You will hear the Father say, Come, come closer to me. That you've had down through the years I want to heal you Say hello mm. Come closer to me Come closer to me I want to heal you I want to touch you All those doubts and all those fears That you've had down through the years I want to hear you say hello I want to hear you say hello oh, I want to touch you say hello oh, I want to hear you say hello oh, I want to touch you say hello
excited to be here. How many of you feel blessed to be here tonight? Wow. Welcome to Come 2021. You know, guys, we have reached the most pivotal and important part of today's service. It's time to hear the word of God. You know, the Bible says, or Jesus said rather, Matthew 11:28, 28, Come unto me all who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I'm sure some of you, you have some problems in life. You have some things you're going through. But Jesus has simply told you to do one thing. And that one thing is come. That one thing he has told you to do is come unto him. You will find your rest in Jesus. And I believe that as you sit here today, as you hear the anointed words of the Bible, that you will actually receive your rest. So if you're excited. Oh, I said if you're excited. I want you to make some noise and welcome Bishop Richard Ayi. Thank you. Let us pray. Father, we want to thank you for this blessed opportunity we have to be in your house and in your presence. Thank you for your word that you have ordained and anointed for us today, Lord. Help us. Give us light. Give us direction. Give us salvation, Lord, and deliverance as we hear your word. I give you thanks and I give you praise for today. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your beautiful presence in this place. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody shall say, Amen. Amen. Fantastic. God bless you. Take your seats. Well, so it's time to hear the word of God. And uh, for the few minutes that we have left for this service, we're going to hear the word of God. And... uh, like um, Senna said, it's the most important time. So if you've stayed through the singing, the dancing, you have to stay through the word of God because it is the most important time for every church service. So just for um, a few moments, just for a few moments, let's hear the word of God. Okay. How many of you enjoy the singing? Have you enjoyed what about the dancing? Yeah. And then what else? Film stars. Yeah. I think I really enjoyed the film stars. Yeah, I really enjoyed the film stars. Yeah, it was exciting to watch them. Yeah, Dominique getting saved and robbed. I'm surprised she got saved after she was robbed. After all the things we've been telling her. Anyway, turn your Bibles. Today, I want, I want, I want um, to share with you very briefly on this special Friday. How many of you know today is a special Friday? Yes, this special Friday, um, I want to share with you a brief sermon um, that is titled, Why Your Soul is Important. Um, our hair is important to us, isn't it? And the trainers we wear. I know, I know a lady in this church who every Friday I come, she has new hair. Yes. Including, including today. You want to know who that is? She's sitting in this direction. Yes. Yes. 
I've told her, I told her the other that every Friday you have new hair. Well, uh, including, including today. So you see that, you see that we have, we have things, we have things that are important to us. And I'm not saying that they are not important. But sometimes you can have a list of things that are important, which are important, and then you can miss out on something that is important. And uh, your soul, every human being has a soul. Every human being has a soul. And your soul is also very important. Your bank balance is important. I cannot tell that your bank balance is not important. It's important. Yes, it's important. How I many if you check your bank balance regularly? You saw that guy who was uh, about to uh, get an Uber for his... Um, for his... Babe number three. Yes. It's a very tiring project too. I mean, how, how do you manage? How do you manage all these people? But uh, anyway, <laughs> he checked his bank balance. Then they realized that he can't. He can't afford an Uber. Yes. So your bank balance will be important. Your hair will be important. Your education is important. Um, what is important? Your health. Your health is important. Um, there, there are a lot of things in our lives that are important. But this one thing is something that is very important. But we can easily ignore that important thing. And that is why I'm talking to you today about your soul. Maybe all day, perhaps all year, nobody has, or perhaps all your life, nobody has ever mentioned to you about your soul, that there's something called your soul, and it is important. And I'm going to use scriptures, Bible, to show you why your soul is important. Because why do we say that something is important? When we say something is important, all we are saying is that you shouldn't neglect that thing. You shouldn't neglect, you shouldn't ignore, you shouldn't treat it as, you know, anything like any, any other thing, because it, is, it, becomes, it becomes an important aspect of, of your life. You know, um, older people, you can, you can correct me if I'm wrong, older people seem more mindful of their health than younger people. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. When, you see, when you see younger people, you know, doing something, there must be some other, other reasons. But older people, even, even, if they don't, even if they don't mind their health, their health will draw their attention to them. Yeah. Their health will tell them, look, something bad is happening. You are, not, you are not as young as you used to be. Yeah. I, used to, um, I used to race with my son. Yeah. Yes, Dan. When he was little, I started growing up. I used to race with him. And what I used to do was, I used to tell him that no matter how fast you run, I'm the faster. I used to give him a head start. Head start, then I'll catch up, and then I'm gone. Head start, then I catch up, then I'm gone. Then one day I tried the head start. And I said to myself, no, this boy is growing up. <laughs> so the next time we went out where I said, I said to him that, no, no more head starts. No more head starts. We are all, yes, we all start at the same spot. And we are all going to um, flow through and see who wins. I think that day I won. Then. After that, I realized that, no, I shouldn't do it again. No, I realized if I do it again, I will lose. 
So the last time I raced, I won. After that, I said, I won't race again. Every time he asks, he says, Daddy, can we have a race? I just, I just say, no, no, I mean, it's not, it's not necessary. Find your, find your friends. Find your friends and race with them. Daddy has retired. I've retired from this. Because, because I could tell that my stamina, speed, everything has become questionable. Everything has become questionable. Even though I can run, I can see that he's more fit than me. So you don't, you don't run with... I mean, why would you choose a race that you're going to lose? I mean, who does that? Who does that? Who joins a race that you know that you're you are going to lose this race? And, uh, you, wouldn't, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't want such a race. When I, was, when I was in primary school, I could represent my class by whatever in 100 meters. 100 meters. Then, then, I went, then I went to um, secondary school. And I look at the guys there. And I remember someone from my primary school had come to the same secondary school and said, no, this guy, he's, he was 100 meters. I said, look, don't bring this problem here. Why? Because there, you see from year 7 to year 9 in the same race. Not just year 7. If it was year 7, I would have tried but they bunched us going year sevens to year nine. So we look at these year nine guys. I said, I said to the guy, don't mention my name again, ever. <laughs> ever. Because who goes, who joins a race that you know before it starts, you have lost? Yeah. I said, no. Over there, I can. And I don't want to tell you um, um, the type of people that were in the primary school why they couldn't run. <laughs> <laughs> but the type of people they, they couldn't run so I understood why I was a champion there <laughs> one day I'll tell you one day when it's just, it's just you and me I'll tell you what type of people were there and why I was a champion there and I couldn't be a champion in the other place so your soul is one of the important things if not the most important thing about your life that you need to pay attention to. So, I'm drawing your attention to your soul today that why your soul is important. Listen to a scripture um, that Jesus said. Jesus said in Mark chapter 8 and verse 36 he said for what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul. You see Right here, right here, the question that is being put to us is that there is no profit. Everything we do, I mean, everything you don't, you don't even need, you don't even need anybody to train you in any kind of business class or anything. Anything that we do, we are very profit oriented. Very profit oriented. What would we gain? What would I get out of it? What am I getting out of it? So the question here is that you gain everything in this world. You gain everything. This girl, you gain. You gain first class. You get a good job. You get a top job that is paying well. How much would you like to be paid when you start working? Sixty k. You want to start off from sixty k. Wow, beautiful. Okay, you start off from sixty two point five k. You have a nice car. You live in a nice home. All the all the fantastic things you are imagining, you have all. And then you lose your soul. The question is, what shall it profit you? What advantage is there to have all these things? Because everybody is gunning for good things, nice things, beautiful things. Everybody wants to be rich. I don't think there's anybody here who wants to be poor. Well, 
So everybody is gunning to gain the world. Do you understand? Gain the world. The world with its riches. The world with its abundance. The world with its wealth. The world with everything that the world has. If it was for you. Imagine if all the iPhones in the world was for you. I saw someone's wedding the other day. The, wedding, the, 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 the gift that was being given. A gift that was being shared at that wedding was um, gold-plated iPhones. So all the wedding guests were leaving the place with gold-plated iPhones. In a, cert- in a certain country. Yes. I don't want to mention the country. You also don't want me to mention the country, isn't it? Yes. Because if I mention the country, I have to tell you who's, who's, uh, who was the host of that wedding. Yes, but it was the president of that country or an ex-president's daughter that was getting married. Yes. Yes. So, you see, so I'm saying, imagine if you own all the, you see how your, you should have seen your eyes when I said go play, your, your eyes were about to pop out. <laughs> yeah, so imagine if you gain, you own all the iPhones in the world. That alone, that is, that's a small part of the world. That's a small part of the riches or the wealth of the world. It's a small part, it's just a tiny part. It's a, it's type of technology that will even go out of um, season soon. I mean, imagine you have, you all have iPhone, what's the current one? 13? Yes, everybody, you own all the iPhone 13s. By next year, it's, it, the value of it has dropped. Even though the value of it is gone, new ones have come, new things have come, but, but still, we like it, isn't it? We like it. You like to be the one who owns it. And, and the, question that, the question that's been asked us this evening is that you own everything in the world, but your own soul, you don't own it. The big question to you today is that, what profit? In other words, what advantage? What do you gain? What are you getting out of having all these things and then your own soul? It's as if you've neglected your own soul. You've gained everything, worked hard for all that, and then the thing you're supposed to work for and to have control over, you don't have control over that thing. So, in Luke chapter 16, in Luke chapter 16, it's going to tell us the, the first reason why your soul is important. I'm, I'm going to give you three, four, five, depending on how happy you are. <laughs> why your soul is important, okay? So the end of the sermon depends on your happiness. So in Luke chapter 16 and um, verse 19, The scripture says that there was a certain rich man. Are you all here? Which was clothed in purple and fine linen. And fed sumptuously every day. Every day he had a good meal. I don't know what you've had today. But someone was eating well every day. And was clothed in purple. Purple purple is it's it's a color or a symbol for riches and wealth. That's what that's what kept purples are. So it's like he's someone who is dressed well and dressed properly. And then he, he, he fed sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which laid at his gate full of sauce and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sauce. And it came to pass. You know, poor people have a series of problems. Yeah. 
Their problems are not just one simple thing. It's a chain and a cycle. And, and their problems are compounded by their impoverished state. Yes, so that's why he's poor. He has no food to eat. He has no home. You can say he's sitting at the gate. It means that he's homeless. And then in addition to that, he has sores. It means that he can't afford hospital bills to fix his sores. There was no free NHS. So the sores were there. And then the only way for the sores to be treated is that the dogs were licking the sores. They were licking the, the pus and the fluids that were oozing out of the sores. To the dogs who come and lick it in his poor state. And it came to pass that the beggar died. I don't know if you know that the rich, the poor man will always die first. The beggar died and was carried by angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. What you should see here is that the beggar died and immediately there was no funeral. The rich man died, he was buried, it means that there was a funeral for him. And in hell, he lift up his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. I want you to remember that both have died, but both can still see each other. So the first thing I need you to, I, I want you to understand is that your soul is important because it is, it is the real you. After we have buried this house, you know, you know one, day, one day I asked myself, why do people die? Why do we die? I mean, what, what, I mean apart from being declared dead clinically, like you're clinically dead. You know, means that the hospital, the doctors have declared, check your pulse, check your heartbeat, check this, check if the, the uh, peoples have dilated. They've done all those things. They declare that this person is dead. The question is, why are you dead? Or why did you die? Why did you die? And you know, as I thought deeply about it, I became more convinced that as you see us walking here, the real ass is this is a house that you can see. This is a house. It's a house that you see, and somebody lives in the house. When the house, when the house becomes uninhabitable, difficult to stay in through disease, through wounds, like an accident, is what the, the real you decides. Look, I can't live in this house anymore. I have to leave. I have to leave the house because you will live in a house without a roof. You won't, you won't stay in the house without a roof. You won't stay, you won't stay, you, you not even like to stay in the house when the heating is not working. Yes, you feel so uncomfortable. So that's it. When you get someone, someone, someone has died out of COVID, somebody has died out of an accident, someone has died out of this problem, out of that problem, it's because the house is difficult to stay in the house. So the real you now has to leave. I said, look, I can't stay here anymore. That's why you see someone will get an accident. The person has died on the spot. And then the doctors will explain to us what has happened. That this is what has happened there. But the body is no longer something that will function. Even if the, even if the person in the house says, I'm going to stay on. The body is not functioning. So you have to leave. So, so it, it's showing us here that after the poor man died and the rich
rich man died. The rich man says that I can see. I can see Lazarus. It means that he still has eyes. After you are dead, you discover that you still have eyes. You can still see. When you see me alive, after when you see me, you recognize me. You say, this is the man that came to Nottingham and he was shouting at us about our soul. You said, no, I know this man. You recognize because he could recognize him and he could say, he could see, he could see Abraham and he could see Lazarus. Because Lazarus, he knows at his gate, anytime he's driving out of his gate in his black Range Rover, he will see, he will see Lazarus sitting there. And maybe he will throw some coins at him or his, or he has some biscuits in his car. He just throws it at Lazarus and the Lazarus will say, thank you. Then he drives. So he recognized he had eyes. Even though, even though he had been buried. And then he had a tongue. He said, come and cool my tongue. It means that the person who has been buried still had a tongue. And still had, and still had feelings of thirst. Because now he's saying that I'm tormented and I need water. I need water. So this short passage we've read tells us the importance of the soul. That the, the soul is the real you. If you take care of your hair. You must take care of your soul. If you take care of what shoes you wear, you must take care of your soul. If you have a conscience, you know, you know, sometimes you be that you say that something said to me. Even the worst of the worst of men, the worst of men will harm. You know, you saw, you saw, you saw that um, guy robbing um, Dominique in the. If it was his sister. He will not rob his sister. He wouldn't rob his sister. He will protect his sister. He will rise to the defense of his sister. That means that despite, despite his depraved state of wickedness, evil, robbing, taking things that do, he knows, he knows where to draw the line. He knows where to draw the line. I mean, the worst of rapists will not rape his own mom. So you will see that man, as you see, in our most depraved state, there's a ray of light. There's something, there's something that tells you that you are not, you are not that terrible. You are not that much of an, and it's, it's an animal that can tell the difference between his mom and his sister. Are you understanding what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's like it's like you've really reached I mean an extreme point but generally you see that we know we know the limit and because we have a conscience so there, there, it means that there's something in you there's, there's someone in you there's an unseen part of you that keeps speaking to you even though you don't believe in God even though you don't go to church there's an unseen part that keeps speaking to you. That keeps telling you that no, this is allowed. This is not allowed. This is done. This is not done. You can go here. You cannot go here. I mean, the worst, the worst of the worst. When you do some things, you never tell your mom about it. Yes. Yes. I mean, if you know that there are things about you, you would never like your parents to dis- discover. Yes. If they ever, if they ever discover. No. No, the day they discover, they'll say it's not true. Yes. They'll say it's not, it's not, they'll say it's not my son. Not my son. They'll say it's not my son, it's not my daughter. 
and they'll blame it on someone's child that it's your child who came to teach my child yes so the first thing your soul is important because it is the inner man and it is the real man the real you the second reason why your soul is important is because to gain the whole world all the wealth all the money all the fame all the popularity all the honors that the world offers to gain all and lose your soul the scripture is saying that you've been shortchanged it's saying that it's not a good exchange rate it's not a good rate it's not a good bargain it's not a good bargain to be the richest man to be the most powerful man on earth to be the most intelligent man to be, to, to be the one with the greatest inventions on earth to have all these things and then you lose your soul the scripture is telling us this evening hear me out it's telling you that it is a bad deal it is a bad deal to have all this to have all this and die and go to hell like the rich man went to hell the scripture says it's a bad deal it's not a good deal so as you spend as you spend your time your energy your intelligence your efforts your strength in becoming popular becoming famous admiring famous people wanting to be like this wanting to get more of that and more of that be careful be careful to pay attention to your soul to also ask yourself that where is your soul what is going to happen to your soul if you are to drop dead today what will happen to your soul heaven or hell as you are striving as you are striving you know I, I have a friend whose aim his aim in life was to be the youngest professor in a particular university to be the youngest that was his aim he was he was gunning for it that I'll be a professor at a certain age and to be said this is the youngest professor ever but what does it profit in other words when you become the youngest professor and you are not saved you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior the scripture is saying that you've lost it's a bad deal you got a bad deal you got a bad deal you got a bad deal what advantage is there if all the girls like you or all the men like you and your soul is lost what have you gained because people like people like it when guys like them isn't it yes you like it you enjoy it you say yeah the guys like you <laughs> hmm. you like it yes but what shall it profit you have all the you have all the guys all the guys fighting over you or all the girls fighting after you and you lose your soul the third reason the third reason here why your your soul is important is because jesus said no let me skip this one it's because the the third reason i want to give you are you here is because your soul can be lost. That is what we read. It says that what shall you profit when you gain the whole world and lose your own soul? 
So your soul can be lost. That's why you see that if you ever, if you ever met somebody who wants to, who wants to talk to you about salvation, about Jesus Christ, about salvation, about being saved, the question you ask is that, are you saved? Because if you are not saved, you are either saved or lost. So that's why the question is, are you saved? Because your soul, your soul can be saved. But when you say, are you saved? Are you saved from what? Are you saved from what? You are saved. You are saved from going to hell. You are saved from losing your soul. That you have come here, you have acquired everything you can acquire. We can, I can applaud. I can clap my hands for you. I can clap for you. That you've done so well here on earth. But what happens in life after death? Where will you be? Where will you spend eternity? It's a question that, you know, there's, there are some uncomfortable questions. That, that we usually just throw away. It's like, no, 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 I don't, I don't want to discuss it. That's the sound. People even get worked up. So that people even get angry. It's not that, it's not that they, don't, they, don't, they don't want to know, but they feel uncomfortable. They feel they don't qualify. It's like this, this discussion you are going to have with me. I don't like where it will end up. But it's a discussion that you have to have one day. It's better to have it now than when it's too late. When the discussion is brought up and you have no answers. Whilst you have life and you have hope, it's better to ask yourself, where will I spend eternity? 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 Because young people die. And old people die. You can decide to say, look, I'll, I'll, I'll have that discussion when I'm 70. I'll have that discussion 50 years time. But who has promised you 50 years time? Who has even promised you tomorrow? So, whilst we gain the things we gain here, make sure, make sure that you don't lose your soul. Make sure that your soul is secured. Make sure that you secure your soul as well. Make sure whatever you gain, whatever you achieve, whatever you do in this life, make sure that your soul is also safe. Now, number four. Okay. We are getting there. I think you can already see that I've made my point, isn't it? I've given you reasons why your, your soul is important. Yes. It's important more than your hair. More than the wig you change every week. Yes, your soul is more important. It's more important. Yes, it's more important. The next reason why your soul is important is because it's because your soul can be destroyed. Your soul can be destroyed. Matthew chapter ten, verse twenty-eight. It says that, and fear not them which kill the body. But I'm not, you see, we, we, are, we are afraid of murderers, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I also wouldn't like to go somewhere where there's a murderer. I wouldn't like, I wouldn't like to go there. Yes. I wouldn't, I mean, why, why would I want to have tea with you? Yes. Someone was just telling me how someone was offering her a lift. I mean, a lift. Yes. It's like, it's like coming to my car. And this, and this, he said, this is an elderly man. Hey. This is a young girl, just about 20 years, saying that, come into that, get into my car. And we all live in this car, we know what it means, isn't it? 
We know what it means. You get the Daka, we know what it means. Yes. But you see, it's, 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 it gives you such an uneasy feeling. You don't like to meet such a person. You don't like to, to, for such an experience, you don't like to have such an experience. But the scripture is saying that don't be afraid of that person. That, that's not the person you should be afraid of. The one you should be afraid of is the one that <laughs> can destroy both the soul and the body. That's, that is the one that would do the sentencing. Heaven or hell. Heaven or hell. That's what the scripture says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. As soon as you become mindful of God, that there is a God, there is a judge, you have started becoming wise. Until then, you are not wise. You think, you think moving, around, moving around with pepper spray, moving around with uh, friends, and when you are going out, you are in a group, so you are not alone. It, it sounds as if, yes, you are being clever to avoid rapists and murderers and, and all, kinds of, all kinds of people. But the scripture said, these are not the people you should be afraid of. If you really have fear to spare, be afraid of the one that can commit the soul, the soul to hell. To say that this soul is not saved. That is the one you must consider. That is the one you must think about. That is the one you must be, you must be afraid of that one more than the murderer. The first time I went on visitation in the prisons, they said they need to say, have I? They said, have you ever visited the prison? I said, no. And I was visiting a type of prison where, you know, there, there, are, diff- there are different types of prisons. Yes. I've been to a, a prison before. All the, all, the pri- all the prisoners there were ladies who go to work every day and come home. Every day. When I say come home, come back to the prison. Or, I mean, every day they go, they go to work and they come. As I, as I was there, I was even asking, so this one, is, is she a worker here? Because when I look at the hair, the makeup, they said, no. They said to me, anybody you see here is an inmate. I said, really? You should see them like, like dolls. But this one that I, want, I went to, that I'm about to tell you about, was a male prison. They said, I, I, they need to give me an orientation for about... 15 or 20 minutes. So I said, okay. What's the, what's your story? He said, the story is that as I'm going in there, as I'm going in there, there are some questions I should never answer. Because the people, they said, you said your bank card. He said, do I have my bank card on me? I said, no, I don't have my bank. I said, your bank card, you should never leave it lying there. Because just one glance, they can memorize. They say, you are, you are about to meet one of the most intelligent, smart human beings on earth. They say, one glance, one glance like that, they can memorize your, your thing. They say, never mention your address where you live. Look, it was, it was scary. But I had arrived at the prison already, so I couldn't say I'm not going anymore. But I wanted to change my mind because the different things that they were telling me that don't say this, don't talk about this, don't mention this. Your card. Your, I said, what, what, what problem is this? And true to it, eh? because we're like, they were, I was with someone who was with, 
this other person, this person, one of the people went to, went to see, just said to the person that, you know, I have a card. <laughs> and recited the numbers of about four different cards. I said, not this one, not this one, but this one. I need to do this one. I mean, it's like, so as I was saying that, look, I want to go home. I've come to, I've come to a, a really dangerous place. A really, really dangerous place. But the scripture is saying that that's not the people you should be afraid of. This is the person you should be afraid of. You should be afraid of the one, the king of kings and the lord of lords, the judge, the judge of all men, the judge of all men. The one, the one who is able to destroy the soul. The one who is able to say, hey, soul, to hell. I know somebody will be saying that if he's such a kind God, why will he sentence somebody? So if we men know how to separate criminals from normal society, that we don't want to mix with you to the side, we don't want to live with you. How much more God? How much more God? How much more God? Do you want to get to heaven? Walking on, walking on streets of gold and you are being told that be careful. There, there are robbers around. There are all sorts of characters around. So be very careful. As you've come to heaven, be very, very careful. Don't mention your address. And we are in heaven. Don't mention which mansion you are in. When you are going to meet some people, take off all your crowns. Hide your crowns. No. That is why some people will not be admitted into heaven. But it's my prayer that you will make it. You make it so the soul can be that is the real you can be destroyed. You don't, you don't want, you don't want to, you don't want to spend eternity. It's not, it's not five days. It's not five days. It's not twenty-six years. It's not ten years. It's not thirty years. It's eternity. It's eternity. We, I'm talking to you about eternity. Here, here you have seventy years, eighty years, ninety years, fifty years, forty-one years. However long you have, then it's over. But there, there's no time limit. There's no time. So it is an important decision to make about where you will spend eternity. Yes. The reason why we fight for education, we fight for jobs, it's just, it's just for the future. It's just for the future. You've lived about 20 years of your life already. But you are very hopeful that you have about 50 more. And you want that 50 more to be good. That's why you started to pass exams. You are preparing, you are preparing for the next 50. And you are determined that you want to give yourself a comfortable 50. Even if you don't like it, you have parents who have forced you that for your sake. And sometimes when they are upset with you, they'll tell you that you are not studying for them, you are studying for yourself. How many of you have heard that before? Yes, I know you would have heard it. Yes. It is for the future. So if we can prepare here on earth for the future, how much more eternity? The effort we put in, the sleepless nights, the sleepless nights, the investments, the money we've put in for just for the next 50 years of your life, just the next 50. I'm not that old, but I remember 30 years ago. 
Yeah, I remember 30 years ago. I even remember 40 years ago. Yes, I do. 40 years ago, it feels, it feels like, it feels, it feels like yesterday. 40 years ago. I remember 40 years ago. Which year was 40 years ago? 1980. Oh, yes. 1980, 1980, the band, the band that was really on was a, is a, is a band that was called, uh, what's their name? Cool and the Gang. Yes. Those type of people. Yes, those type of people. They were in the 80s. Yes. I remember like yesterday. Because we'll be sitting in class like this. One of the students will just burst in. They'll, they'll, just, they'll just start. The whole class will change into like a, like a club. They'll start singing and dancing. So you will know which song is on. And the new dancers. They are, they are dancers. That's 40 years ago. 1980s, 40 years ago. Yes. I was in secondary school 40 years ago. Yes. And I remember my friends coming in with dances. So this is the dance. So you have one group singing and then a group dancing. And then when the teacher is coming, everybody just sits down. Just. I'm sure you've done it before. Isn't it? Yes. Yes. So I'm saying to you that 50 years, what you are laboring for now, 50 years is just, it's just like tomorrow. But I'm talking to you about eternity, not 50 years from now. Eternity. To make a wise, great, important decision today for the, about the importance of your soul for eternity, for eternity, for eternity. You decided to do maths, chemistry, physics for 50 years. You decided to study medicine, engineering, architecture, whatever you are studying, management and finance, finance and cooking, cooking and tourism. You decided to do hospitality and, and laundry, everything. You decided to... You said to choose all these things to study just for the next 50 years. What about eternity? Why will you not make a decision for eternity? Where there's no time. Where it's not 50 years. Where it's not 20 years. Where it's not 26 years. Where it's not 70 years. But it is forever. Where will you spend forever? Where will you spend forever? Yeah, forever is not, forever is not with your girlfriend. You can tell your girlfriend, I want to spend forever with you. I want to spend my forever with you. But you won't spend forever with her. Oh no. She'll even be lucky if you, you, you spend two years with her. And then finally, 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 your soul is important because it can go to hell. Acts chapter 2, verse 25 says that. For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face. For he is of my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope. Are you there? Are you feeling cold? Okay. Because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. Neither will thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. We've seen two passages today about hell. The rich man, he died, was buried, and then in hell. The next we hear, heard about him that he's in hell. Now we are reading another scripture. Someone 
talking together. You won't leave my soul in hell. So the soul can go to hell. Where there is torment. The thirst, the thirst in hell. Is a thirst that you don't ask for a glass of water. You ask for a drop. He said, dip your, the tip of your finger in water. And it will cool my tongue. The more desperate you are. The more your requests are very basic and low. Yes. That's when, when, you see, when, you see someone, when you see someone at the, uh, at the train stations begging for money, they ask for spare change. They don't, they don't ask you for $1,000 or 1,000 pounds. They ask for spare change. The poorer you are, the more something little will make a difference to you. So you can imagine what hell is like for someone to say that just a drop of water will make a difference in my life. So your soul is important because the soul can go to hell and you don't want the soul to go to hell. What can stop you from going to hell? A decision. A decision to choose God. To choose Jesus. A decision. And that's the opportunity that you're having today to make that decision and to make that choice. That I'm choosing, I'm choosing Christ I'm choosing Jesus. I'm choosing heaven over hell. I'm surrendering my life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Instead of just being there and finding myself in hell. In John 3.16, the Bible says that, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. God does not want anybody to perish. Contrary to what you would have thought, God's, God's desire and God's heartbeat is that do not perish. Do not perishing means going to hell. He does not want anybody to perish. He doesn't, it's not his choice. It is not his choice. He wishes the whole world will be saved. That's why he said he gave his only son. He loved the world. He loved the world. He didn't love a few people. He didn't love just some few people here, some few people there. He loved the world. The love of God is for the world. And the invitation for God is for the world. He's inviting every soul, every being, that you can be saved. That you can be saved. Sometimes people think that God doesn't care. But God cares about you. God cares about you. God cares. If God didn't care about you, we wouldn't be here on a Friday night. Bargaining for your soul, bargaining for your soul, calling on you, discussing with you to give your life to Jesus, to give your life to God. If God didn't care about you, God wouldn't have sent me from wherever He sent me from to come and tell you that He loves you and He cares about you. You know, sometimes you don't know what someone thinks about you because you don't read their letters, you don't talk to them, you don't hear what they have to say. There are many things that God has said about you that he likes you. That's it. Today you can see one of them. He doesn't want you to perish. He doesn't want your soul to go to hell. He's been saying it all along. Can you imagine all your lifetime, God has been saying, I like you. I like you. I like you. I want to have a relationship with you. I want you to know me and I want to know you. All your lifetime, he's been saying it. We didn't know because we never read his letters. We never cared about what he's saying. But today, for some reason, you are here, you have heard what he's saying and what he cares about and what he has for you. He has love for you and he has eternal life in heaven in glory for you. If only you say yes to him, it will be yours. Stand to your feet. Yes.
We hope that you've been blessed by this message. For more information, follow us on social media. Search for First Love London on Facebook and YouTube and First Love UK on Twitter and Instagram. Have a blessed week.